69 offense. He was giving them the business. I like Pittsburgh, I always have. If, if they had a bigger airport, I'd live here. <laughs> so I told our players, I tried to let it out the front door. Cat's still going crazy in there. Be a dog. We don't need no meow. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. Welcome to another episode of the Backyard Football Podcast. As always, I'm Nick Hosshelper. And I am Nathan Gorilla. And today we have our second very special guest star, the one, the only, the legend, Tyler Godwin. <laughs> I appreciate the intro there, guys. Happy to happy to join you for a little bit here. Absolutely. We're happy to have someone on here that knows a lot about high school football and just loves to talk. So... Um, first of all, I'm going to give a little bit of an update in regards to what's going on with the podcast. Uh, those of you that are faithful listeners have heard this a bunch of times, so feel free to skip it. But just in case, um, due to the coronavirus, uh, we will be recording three episodes per week for the foreseeable future because we know there's plenty of time you guys have on your hands. So might as well listen to some high school football content. Um, there will not be any live podcasts for a while because the tech issues are pretty difficult to figure out, um, but we will try to work out a video whenever we can. I know Nathan's trying to work on that so we can have visuals as well. And of course, all of this is assuming that the high school football season is still a go. So just be crossing your fingers. I know all of us would be pretty devastated, and so would you if you're listening to the show. So Nathan, would you like to tell the audience about some of the people that we have coming up next week? All right, so next week, uh, we don't have any dates confirmed yet for any of these people, but we know they are definitely coming on next week. We got Chase Johnson coming up. Uh, he is currently the offensive line and defensive line coach for Wash High, as well as their assistant athletic director. Uh, he coached Chase. Uh, he coached Carmichael's last year, and it'll be interesting to see what he says about all his experiences with the Mikes and with the Prexies. We got... Albert Gallatin head coach Drew Dindle coming on. It'll be interesting to pick his brain uh, about their season. Um, you know, not much is really known about their season because they left the whip and they were kind of out of the news cycle. But they did have an impressive year with four wins. So it'll be interesting to see what he says. And then we got Rodney Gallagher, who was the whip MVP, tournament MVP uh, in the basketball whip playoffs uh, on the championship-winning Laurel Highlands Mustangs. And it'll be fun to talk to him as well and even dive into some basketball and football with him as he is the quarterback for the Mustangs. But right now we are going to uh, pivot away from all that and talk to our good friend Tyler here. So I'm going to start out with a couple of personal questions just get to know you kind of stuff um and then we will move into more general uh high school football discussion. all right so perfect yeah of, sounds good yeah first of all this is extremely important to many of our listeners and both nathan and i um do you have a favorite college or pro team that you follow <laughs> yeah so I'll, I'll go i'll do both for you so college wise i i've always been a pit fan uh i've i grew up um obviously in Pittsburgh and my dad was also a Pitt fan growing up. So he kind of showed me the ways and uh, it's not always the best being a Pitt fan. It's, it's sometimes very frustrating, but I'm, I'm definitely going to stick with them. Yeah. Pitt's my, Pitt's my college team. And then um, 
professional wise, I, I follow all the Pittsburgh sports very closely. I'd say as a baseball fan, first and foremost, I'd say the pirates are my favorite. Uh, again, not the best team right now, but still a diehard and follow them very thoroughly. Um, but I still love my Steelers and Penguins as well. All right. And I, I think, you know, you got into this a little bit talking about where you're from, but how did, how did you become interested in reporting on high school football? Was it something, um, did you have a particular interest in your local team or did you get contacted by um, a news agency or how did that process work? Yeah. So it, it might date back to high school a little bit. Whenever, whenever I played, uh, baseball, I'd always read the articles that were posted about our games after. Um, and I just thought it was cool. I was like, Oh, I want to be interviewed. Like I want to be a part of that. I, I always thought that process was really cool. So just kind of the general interest kind of started back then, but I didn't get into reporting until maybe my second year at Waynesburg. So, um, I had started working for our school newspaper, mostly with the sports section. And so I started doing some some reporting here and there through that. But I was still definitely not refined in my writing at that point. But um, one day, um, a friend of mine on the baseball team had a dad or had his dad who worked for um, the Trib. Uh, I believe now it's high school sports network. It was Trib Live. Um he needed a, a freelance reporter to cover some high school football games. And I was like, you know what? I, I've worked enough for the uh, school paper at this point. I think I can make that work. So uh, I got in touch with him and he started setting me up with games on the back half of the, I believe that was the 2017 high school season. Um, so I probably worked four or five games as a freelance reporter that season. And then after that, I, um, uh, I, I interned with the Washington Wild Things that following summer in 2018, and through that I got to met, uh, meet Chris Dugan, who's the uh, sports editor at the Observer Reporter, and I told him a little bit just about my background, because we worked with him almost every game, and told him I was doing some high school reporting for football, and and that caught his attention and he was like hey well we're looking for uh, a freelance reporter ourselves so would you be interested and i was like well yeah i mean it's the pretty much the same gig and and everything and let me continue to continue or let me continue to report high school football um so i hopped on with the observer reporter and i've been with them the last two years and i've probably worked 75 percent of the games over the last two seasons. So it's been fun. I've, I've really started to get a knack for it and it's, it's something I really enjoy doing. And I mean, my experience is limited to just high school football at the moment. Um, Cause that's, I, I do have more free time in the fall on Fridays to do that, but it's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed it. Wow. Sounds like you definitely have a lot of experience. Uh, it's very exciting. And you know, it's awesome that you get to sort of mesh your time at Waynesburg with the local teams and, know develop a really interesting combination there that seems very beneficial to your to your resume and it's just fun in general um and sorry go ahead i I was just gonna say yeah absolutely it's just something that like you said it's it's definitely a resume builder it's something that keeps my writing skills sharp and and honestly just kind of generally speaking i didn't really know i had a a knack for journalism, sports reporting or whatnot. So I really started getting into it. And I was like, wow, I actually really enjoy this because kind of growing up, I, I didn't 
necessarily enjoy writing and doing some of the research writing and stuff like that. But once I started taking some journalism classes here at Waynesburg and uh, started doing it uh, for Trib and uh, for the Observer Reporter, I realized I really like telling that kind of story and being able to either do features or do recaps like I have for them. But even for the school paper, I've done a, a lot of news stories for that, too. So definitely found a knack for it. And so, um, you know, considering the fact that you, you know, you're developing those skills, it's something you enjoy. Um, what do you, what are your future goals after you're done working at Waynesburg next year? Yeah. So I don't know if I necessarily have an exact route I'm going to take. Um, so I'm the, I'm the graduate assistant for sports information at Waynesburg university right now. Um, so I'll be graduating in May of next year. So I think in the immediate future, I, I, I'm looking towards maybe a sports information type role, kind of building off what I'm doing now, whether that's an assistant sports information job or a head sports information job at a college. But that's something that I'm looking at in, in my immediate future, maybe long term, something I've considered is, is an athletic director type position or something in athletic administration. I've always had a passion in sports, so I'm, I'm trying to build something around that. Um, but with with reporting that's something i'm i'm hoping to to keep with at least while i'm still here at waynesburg beyond that we'll see if it ends up being part of my future as kind of like a side hustle kind of like it is now um cuz i do enjoy it it's it's a nice little little thing to do on the side and keeps me keeps me engaged in in sports and football and so i'm hoping i can kind of do that beyond even my college years so um, we'll see. It's, there's a lot that's up in the air and, and I still have, uh, about a year and a half to figure out exactly what direction I want to go. But, um, those are just some things that are on my mind whenever I think about my future like that. I, I guess this is a bit of an awkward transition here, unavoidable. Um, but we're going <laughs> move a little bit into the, the specifics of, of high school football. And I just wanted to start out by asking, uh, just in your personal experience, having covered so many games, you know, been at it for seems like longer than Nathan and I, as far as I can tell from hearing you talk, at least in the official sense. Um, who is the who is the best high school football player you think you've ever covered? Oh man, that's that's tough because I've seen I've so a lot of my experiences experience is limited to the Greene County area. I've had a couple games where I've I've covered other South Hill schools. Um, like I'm a I'm a South Fayette grad, so I've actually covered South Fayette a couple times, um, and they they always are a really strong team with some really good players there. So I'll I'll give you a couple players that have stuck out to me at different positions. Um, the first one that I've seen played the most was Ben Jackson, the running back for West Green. That that one's an easy one. Um, he was dominant all three years that I've been covering West Green and broke a lot of records, ran for a lot of yards, and it was just impressive. Even though it was single A, just to see what he would do day in and day out, it was pretty much a guarantee. It, honestly, it was a bad game if he only ran for 200 yards. It was like it was impressive to see what he could do. Um, now, another one that was impressive to me. Uh, kicker for South Fayette, Ryan Coe, if that name sounds familiar. I think he graduated two years ago. Um, he's kicking at Delaware, I believe. And I watched him kick in warmups and he was hitting 60 yarders with ease. So 
that was impressive to see at a high school level. Um, every uh, every kickoff he had, too, was going out of the end zone, which I don't think I've ever seen another kicker do that at the high school level, at least around here. Um, so that was impressive. Um, uh, quarterback, I'd say the one that stuck out to me the most so far that I've seen, um, I'd say probably Jack Salapek from Norwin. Um, I believe he's a, he's going to central Michigan. If I remember correctly, I saw him play this past fall against Canada Mac and Norwin did lose that game, but he impressed me. He was about six, four, maybe two twenty, and threw for a lot of yards and had some really good accuracy. Honestly, I think he might've thrown a little too hard for his receivers. And that's just a, a wow. testament to how good he is. Like he's a division one talent versus maybe some of those wide receivers aren't division one talents. Um, but I think he'll be a guy that's successful at the next level. Um, and then wide receiver, at least it, it was a very small sample size, but CJ Cole from McGuffey made one of the best oh, yeah. catches I've ever seen when in the one game I covered, it was a circus 30 yard touchdown catch. That was just amazing to see. And again, six, four, I think 200 and something pounds. And I want to say he committed to WVU, but I could be wrong on that. I can't remember, but just positionally, those are some of the guys that have stood out the most to me in my time. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, I, I, we, Nathan and I have watched CJ Cole play, watch Ben Jackson play. Um, and man, Ben Jackson is just incredible. I mean, we've, We've probably spent more minutes talking about him on this show than anybody else for good reason. Yeah, I can't blame you. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really happy for him that he was uh, able to get the offer he was looking for, and uh, I'm excited to see how per- he'll perform at the next level. I'm, I'm sure they'll have him work as a running back. There's some talk of him as a linebacker too, um, mm-hmm. which he was a he was a very dominant defensive player too. That kind of gets lost in the in the shadows because of his running yeah. efforts, but. Um, He's just a heck of an athlete, and I'm I'm excited to see how he'll perform at the next level. Yeah, I think for me personally, I would I would definitely include Ben Jackson, one of the two most impressive high school football players I've ever seen. Um, right up there with Keaton Ellis, who's a guy from State High from our hometown. That's okay. He's a freshman this year at Penn State, and he started four games. Well, not started. He played in four games. Um, Still getting any time at at Penn State as a freshman. Yeah, exactly. that tells you all you yeah. need to know. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm confident that Ben Jackson's going to be up there, right. You know, doing the same kind of stuff as him. Cause you know, he's just a hard worker, you know, uh, freakish athlete. And that's the kind of things you want to see. And so considering all of your experience with all those guys, uh, what do you think is the biggest single attribute that makes a great player? Is it skill, attitude, coaching, something else? Uh, so, I mean, of course, a lot of it is being naturally uh, athletic, naturally gifted in that sense. But just in my experience, whether that's as a reporter, just seeing guys play, or, or even I played baseball for four years at Waynesburg, just seeing how different guys play out. I think I think nothing beats a strong work ethic because, um, and I'll just give this example. And of course, I'm biased because he's one of my best friends, but. Tyler Reese uh, is an infielder on our baseball team, just graduated last year with me. Um, He was a guy that wasn't recruited at all out of high school by really anyone. And he ended up at Waynesburg um, and he had a goal in mind. And that was, I want to play professional baseball. And again, wasn't really recruited anywhere out out of there. And 
just kind of worked his tail off day in and day out and hit the weight room, went to the gym, uh, just pretty much making it his, his everyday routine to, to just keep working and try to achieve that goal. And finally, after about, uh, I want to say it was about seven, eight months after graduation, he signed a contract with a team in the frontier league, the New Jersey Jackals. So he will be playing professional baseball. Should that season pick back up again? Uh, Obviously the coronavirus is throwing things off with that, but he did sign a professional contract. So he was a guy again, no, no recruitments out of high school at all and, and ends up signing a professional contract. So, um, I think work ethic really is the biggest thing. If you can have all the talent in the world, but you won't achieve the best, uh, athletic achievements, even any achievements in, in anything really, unless you put your mind to it and really buckle down and work. So, um, I would definitely say work ethic is the biggest thing to me is you got to have that mentality that you want to be the best and do what it takes to get there. Yeah, I I would definitely tend to agree. You know, you look at any level of sports, you're going to find those guys that weren't as talented, you know, were overlooked and they put in the effort and were able to make their dreams happen. Uh, just speaking of making your dreams happen, um, you've again, for the last two years, you've been a reporter for OR, which is something that I know, I mean, we covered one game for the Center Daily Times, and that was a great experience. Um, so I can only I can't imagine what how much fun it is for you to work there. Uh, but what is it like to be working for such a recognized newspaper, even if it is just for the fall for football? Yeah, it's cool because I mean, again, the Observer Reporter is something that I grew up kind of reading because they we as a South Fayette grad they we were part of the coverage area, so I would I would see their stuff all the time and and look through it. And again, I, coming out of high school, I didn't think I'd be a part of, of, of that or anything in regards to writing or journalism, but, uh, here I am. And it's, it's, yeah, it, it really is a lot of fun though. It's a, it's a great group of guys. And, um, I've had a couple nights where I've worked close to where their headquarters is in Washington. So I've been able to go to, uh, post game and, and go hang out with them and finish up my stories and, and just interact with them like Chris and uh, Luke Campbell and guys like that. And, and they're just a lot of fun to work with. It's, it's cool to be able to see my name on, on a lot of these stories too, after the fact. Um, and uh, of course I always go back and read them just to see if there's any changes they make or, or if anyone's commenting on them or, or especially on social media, I try and try and promote it or, or see who, what like if the teams are picking it up and if the players are reading the stuff because I try I try and include as many people as I can in my recaps just to give guys name recognition because I know I looked for that whenever I was in high school like if I performed well like I was hoping I'd get mentioned and so like I try to give guys that that opportunity as well um, knowing that people are hopefully reading what I'm putting out too so I enjoy it and and I try to try to make the most of it each week yeah and you know we've covered a few games you know that you were at as well uh and one thing that you do in your process that we don't do is that we're usually on the field you know filming the game we're up close to the players and you're usually up in the press box i believe so what's it like to just work in the press box because i know that's something we don't have a lot of experience with you know with reporting legends like adam brewer luke campbell and steve ritchie it, it is it fun to you know have those relationships up there 
Yeah, so I don't I don't think I've worked with Steve before, but I've definitely worked with Luke and I've definitely worked with Adam. I've worked with Adam a ton. We, we've kind of overlapped because he works for a different paper, but we cover a lot of the same games. So um, having those relationships is nice because we go up there, we know each other, we, we've got and gotten used to each other and we just kind of build off each other during the game we're both uh keeping stats we're we're both trying to make sure we're, we're getting everything accurate and like say say we're looking down like writing something and we we miss a play like just being able to be like oh well so and so just carried the ball with seven yard gain like just to just to have that as a backup it's also cool to interact with with each school individually uh, between the PA announcers, uh, athletic directors, stuff like that, um, because they're really helpful. They give us rosters, um, sometimes stats if they if they have them available. Um, uh, it's always nice whenever uh, food's provided too. That's sometimes a perk of of working the press box. Just depends on the place, but. Um, it's it's a cool experience, and you get a, and you get a really good seat too, because you're you're high up, and you usually get put about about midfield, usually between somewhere of the two forty yard lines. Um, so it's a good vantage point. You can see everything, and and uh, I don't know. I, I really do enjoy working in the press box. There have been a couple times where I've had to work on the sideline as well, just because the press box has been. Uh, over capacity at some places just depending on some of the games um but even that i mean uh that's fun because it's a lot more interactive because i get to run up and down the sidelines basically with the action and, and kind of write stuff down as it's happening not as easy as maybe setting up in a press box and just having everything in front of me but um still makes me work for it a little bit and i can appreciate that too so it's fun i i, I do enjoy working out of the press box like that Making me jealous with all of the talk about the food in the press box. Uh, maybe I should go up there a little bit more often. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe if you reach out in advance, let the, let them know. <laughs> yeah, I definitely should do that. Uh, looking back on your time as a reporter, though, you know you've worked for the last two years in the area. What was your favorite game that you were at? That was just a fun time. I know. I remember you were at the Beth Center Cal game. Uh, last year and that was definitely one for us but um which one was for you yeah that's definitely one that jumps out to me because it was an exciting one to the end and it had a good story behind it with uh with i believe it, it was ed woods is the coach that switched from best center to, to california um so it was his first game back and he he was able to pull out the win against his old school in very exciting fashion i want to say it was a 31 27 final kind of a back and forth effort so that one was fun. Um, covering West Green's first playoff win was fun. It was a blowout, but um, they hadn't had a playoff win in 23 years. So that was just kind of fun to be able to see them and see the crowd just so excited for, for the team to finally get over the hump after not making or not winning a playoff game for, I think it was 25 years. Um, so that was a good one. There was another... Uh, there was a South Fayette game I covered. I want to say it was it was either this past year or the year before. Um, that it was zero zero at halftime, and then I want to say it was South Fayette Blackhawks zero zero at halftime, and South Fayette ended up pulling it out late, going and winning twenty one to nothing. I think that one that one was exciting too, just because 
Uh, South Fayette typically just runs a score up against most teams, and it's kind of what I was expecting going in. And to see a close game that goes down to the fourth quarter like that wasn't something I was used to seeing, whether it was my time at South Fayette or even covering them. So uh, that was an exciting one, too. And I think I also I covered a pretty good game my first year whenever I was with Trib, the Trib. Um, I think it was playoff game, Bethel Park versus Penn Hills. Um, that was a really good game too. And, uh, Penn Hills quarterback, uh, Hollis Mathis at the time had a really good game. So that was, that was kind of exciting to cover too. And that was a really fun crowd because Bethel park is a big school and they, and they hosted that one. So That was a, that was a fun one to, to watch and be a part of as well. Those are just a few that come to mind. Yeah. And I can only imagine, you know, us be our first year last year um we went to a lot of exciting games but we also went to a lot of you know kind of duds and i'm sure you've been there as well <laughs> um but you know you mentioned west green and just a one-off here you know you mentioned ben jackson uh he won't be c- coming back in 2020 he'll be going to play for army um and you've covered west green probably more than any other team i'm gonna guess um so how do you see yeah, them yep definitely <laughs> yeah so how do you see them filling the shoes of ben jackson in 2020 with him leaving well i don't know if it, if it is even possible to fill those shoes it, ben ben was a, a i hate to say a generational athlete but like i don't know if you're gonna see a running back like that that's that dominant at a, at a, at a school like west green in the near future, I mean, something could change with that, but but Ben was special, and and honestly, Colin Walker was really good too. I mean, he Colin would have been a starting running back at most schools as well, but he was stuck behind Ben Jackson. Um, I still think Colin averaged maybe ten yards a carry and was still getting hundred yard games, but Ben was getting three hundred yard games in the same game, so no one was really paying attention to Colin. Um, but. So Collins graduated too, um, but a kid that that got some time uh, late in games last year that looks to be at least the one who's going to be the starting running back going into next year is Corey Wise. So I think he's probably the next up to to fill that role. He'll be a junior if uh, I remember correctly. Um, he had some big runs. I want to say he had one 100-yard game as well, thanks to a big run last year. Um, so he's probably going to get the first shot. And, and West Green is very much a ground-and-pound type of team. So that that's a system that a starting running back can be very successful in, um, especially if you have a second running back that can that can be a change of pace like Colin was. Um, so... I anticipate whoever ends up stepping into that starting role and even that backup role will still be effective because that's kind of how West Green is built as a program is, is to be a ground and pound type team. So um, I expect Corey to probably get the first shot at that. But beyond that, um, I do think whoever ends up being in those roles and get or in that role and gets those reps will be successful. Maybe not Ben Jackson successful, but successful. Do you think that there's going to have to be at least some change in uh, West Green's approach next year because of the loss of Ben Jackson? I mean, obviously their identity is going to stay as a ground and pound team, but do you think there's going to be a little more throwing the ball? I think you are going to see that to an extent, yeah. Um, Whenever you have a guy like Ben, you're going to get him the ball, and you're going to give it to him as often as you possibly can. So I think not having him is going to force them to be a little more creative. Um, 
So I would anticipate a little more throwing on their end, a little more uh, mixing it up. Um, I, I honestly, off the top of my head, I don't know who the quarterback's going to be next year, so I don't know what to expect on that end because I've, I've covered West Green for parts of three years now, and I honestly don't think I've ever seen them throw more than five times in a game. So, <laughs> um, But now that Ben Jackson is gone, I do anticipate that being more part of their game, and they're going to have time to prep, uh, again, assuming that everything goes as planned and, and that the high school football season is still going to happen as normal. Um, but they have a whole year to prepare, knowing that they don't have Ben to, to kind of, I wouldn't say overhaul the offense a little bit, but make adjustments enough that you'll be able to still keep teams guessing a little more. Yeah, I think it, you know at some point it has to be a bit of a necessity, and you know maybe that doesn't mean throwing the ball more than five times a game, but you know maybe just mixing it up with some you know jet sweeps to receivers or you know a little more creative stuff like that might be able to supplement the the loss of talent a little bit. Yeah, and I mean that team that team has always had some strong athletes, so I think they'll be able to to move some guys into some different roles and have them have them move around a bit and still be successful. So I'm I'm. Excited and curious to see how they're going to adjust post Ben Jackson. Are you planning on uh, being with the Observer Reporter next year as well to to watch how West Green adapts without Ben Jackson? Yeah, yeah, I anticipate at least uh, staying with the Observer Reporter through the end of my grad degree, which which as I mentioned earlier will be May of twenty one is whenever I finish up. So I have at least one more football season in me before it's kind of up in the air where I'm going with it. So, um, yeah, that's the hope is I, I can kind of still supplement that as a, as a nice little side hustle during the fall. And so, um, you know, assuming as we've all said that the, the season does go on and considering the fact that you've been around the high school football scene for a long time, you're familiar with the teams. Do you have any general predictions about the high school football season next year? Do you have any uh, maybe teams that you're especially excited to see? Maybe some uh, dark horses? Yeah, so again, my, my experience maybe is still limited a little bit to this area and some of the South Hills teams. Um, and of course, I have my my just general maybe South Fayette bias, if you want to call it, just because I graduated from there. But I anticipate South Fayette being really strong. They, they have their... Uh, starting quarterback returning from last year, who was one of the top passers in the in the Whippeal. So I expect them to be really strong again and, and have a lot of talent on that team, um, probably to contend for a Whippeal championship yet again. Um, we've been talking about them, but I am, I am excited to see West Green because it's been all Ben Jackson the last three years. So it's going to be, it's going to be different and interesting to see what it's like now that they don't have him. So just generally speaking, I'm excited to see how they adjust. Um, trying to think, um, oh, what was another team that I, I covered a decent bit? Um, uh, any Beth center or Cal? Yeah, yeah, Cal, Cal. So they they had a strong senior heavy team, um, and they and they were they were electric. They had a they had a lot of explosive plays. I saw them I think two or three times last year, and and they were just fun to watch. But again, like I said, a lot of seniors on that team, so they're they're gonna have to fill a lot of roles that um, that are important, like quarterback, 
running back. There's there's some big offensive positions that are that are now void. Um, and I mean, Ed Woods is a really good coach. He's a really good guy to talk to. Um, I've enjoyed the couple interviews I've had with him. Um, but we'll have to see what, what direction they go because that that's a team with a lot of athletes and a. I'm, I don't. They did run a um, an option a lot last year, and I don't know what their quarterback situation is going to look like this year. Now that uh, Coach East Ryan will have graduated, but we'll see. They're they're another team that uh, I'm curious to see more from, just because I'm so used to seeing their team play a certain way, and now it's kind of going to have to get completely overhauled. So those are a couple teams that in my head I'm like. I want to see them play. I want to see what it's like. Is there is there a team out of all the ones you covered? Like you know, that extends to all you know the teams that play South Fayette as well. I'm sure we have listeners that are familiar with all that that area of football as well. Um, but who do you think is the most underrated team that you've covered going into next season? Ooh, oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think of, of a team that that maybe not didn't have as strong of a season last year, but was very young. I'm trying to think. I mean, for me, it would definitely be like Jefferson Morgan. Yeah, I was, so two teams kind of came to my head here. Jefferson Morgan was the second one. They're always like right there. They just need like that extra little push. They need that, that couple, maybe extra players to, to really step up and, and they'll, They'll be right there with some of the better teams. Um, Carmichael's is another one that I'm I'm curious about too because they're they're going to have a new coach going into this year, um, and they have typically been younger. And I, I covered them I think twice last year, and both games it was like they were in it, and then and then all of a sudden they weren't. It's like a couple things went real south real quick on them, and then they were out of it. So. Again, they were a team that wasn't that far away from being solid, having a very solid record as well. So those are two teams that I think off the top of my head are like, okay, they're just about to get over the hump. They just need a little extra push and they'll be there. And who knows for Carmichael, then, maybe, uh, maybe the new coach will, will be that. <laughs> I don't know. And you never know, uh, Carmichael's moves down to 1A this year as well. So that might be a little bit of an extra push competing against teams like yeah. Mapletown and Avella and adding those teams to their schedule again over teams like Charleroi and Wash High. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, not having to face Wash High for anyone is probably a good thing. I was going to say Wash High is another another team that I'm, I'm interested to see how they're going to perform next year. They're always a strong team. They did graduate a good bit as well, though. So uh, I'm sure you'll be able to talk to – you mentioned Chase Johnson's coming on next week. You'll be able to talk to him a lot more about that. But I'm, I'm very interested to see how they're, they're going to be – uh, after some of these seniors graduate. <clears throat> All right. So you've discussed some of the teams that you're particularly interested in watching. Uh, you've discussed some of the teams that might have more success next year than people realize. Are there any rivalry games or matchups coming up this year that you're particularly excited for? Yeah. So I actually just pulled up the schedule because I was curious because I, I really haven't looked ahead at the at how the schedule lines up for a lot of teams yet. But I'm um, looking here, and I see West Green has California in, uh, in a Week 2 matchup. So uh, that one, we already talked about both those teams a little bit here. That, that one definitely intrigues me as one I'd, I'd like to see. 
Um, going through, looking at some two-way action here. Um, do, do, do. Where's, where's Wash High? There they are. Oh, Wash High has Clareton in week one. And that one that one stands out to me. Um, Clareton's always strong. I mean, that's a, that's a given. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so South Fayette has West Allegheny. Okay, that, that'll be a good one. It looks like that's week two, four. Looks like week seven for that one. Home at a conference game against uh, TJ. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot. I forgot. TJ's now in the conference. That's fun too. Actually, that that one might be the one I'm most excited for. I forgot that TJ was was now in the same. You know, I thought. Uh, I, I saw. I only saw them play once last year, but I thought Cannon Mac was better than their record showed. Um, I think they only won maybe two games last year, but again, they were another team very young, very close to getting over the hump. But they're a team that might surprise some people. Going back to that part of the question, wouldn't be surprised to see them go at least 500 or better next year. Yeah, sometimes it's just a matter of developing the players, you know, starting to put it all together. I know from talking to yeah, um, just oh, sorry, God. I was just gonna say, yeah. I mean, it, sometimes it just takes an extra year of of guys developing, getting older, getting stronger, faster, etc. And the team from one year to the next can just be completely different even with the same yeah. players. Um, for those of our listeners that want to hear a little bit more about that aspect of high school football, I'd encourage you to go check out our episode of Braden Boggs. He's quarterback for a Frazier team that struggled a lot in the beginning of the year, was able to win three of their last four, really had some good momentum. And they were a really young team. They're looking to carry that into next year. And that's the beauty of high school football. You know, you can get one or two players that really develop, you know, a new coach, a new system, and everything turns around. It's very exciting to see what happens next year yeah for sure for sure all right nathan would you like to hit tyler with our favorite question for each Uh guest (laughs) yep so we save this question for every one of our guests um and we have to explain it every episode because not a lot of our guests know what we're talking (laughs) about but uh we're gonna ask you what your favorite meat is how you like it cooked and what how do you like your potatoes prepared for our meat and potatoes segment Oh man. Okay. Okay. I like this. Okay. Um, I love a good, uh, medium steak. A good medium steak is probably one of my favorites. It's not something I get very often. Just, uh, something that I love to get if I'm, if I'm out at a, at a nicer restaurant or, or even just to go hit up like Outback or Longhorn every once in a while. Good medium steak, and then you said potatoes for the other one? Yes. So, oh, man, that, that's so tough because I don't think there's a form of potato that I don't enjoy. Um, I mean, French fries are, are a classic. Um, but I do like – or I do like uh, – I'm, I'm trying to think what they're called. Um, like, like, I'm trying to – so basically a potato that is like super soft in the middle, like almost like it's a, like a mashed consistency, but has like a, a crispy, crunchy outside. I don't know what that's called exactly, but I've had that at some of like these, like a, a restaurant that does a good steak or something like that. Uh, I can't think of what it's called, but it's like is it, soft is in the middle, crunchy on the outside. Is it like a twice baked potato? 
No, not like a baked potato or anything like that. It's like th- like picture like little like uh, small potatoes, like almost like a like a, I, I I would compare it to like a cherry tomato. I don't know what they're called on the potato end of it. Um, like fritters, but it's super soft in the middle. Like, like here, let me let me do a quick little Google search because that is easily my favorite. It's like. Again, crispy on the outside has like a, a good seasoning on the outside, and just literally melts in your mouth because it's so soft in the middle. Like maybe they're like like red potatoes, like like red baby potatoes. They're really, really small. A lot of times I've seen them cut in half, and then I'm assuming probably thrown with olive oil, some spices, yeah, some salt. Yeah, I think whatever. I know what you're talking about. Um, either baked or fried up, and then they have this this soft consistency in the middle. That's probably my favorite. Also, can't go wrong with a good set of French fries. Just that's a classic. But I'm I'm definitely set on the the medium steak. Got to have that pink center. Absolutely. I'm I'm agreeing with you, Tyler. We asked that question about of all our guests, and most of them say steak. And we kind of we're kind of keeping score at who says because I I like my steak medium well well done. You know I I don't want any red in that thing at all. And Nick is very much the opposite of that. So we're kind of keeping track of um, who says what, and I think he holds the lead right now at three to two, because you, you, Nick, <laughs> you have Tyler Godwin, Quinn Mapstone, and Braden Boggs on your side, and yeah, I Nathan, have. I'm gonna um, be honest. Well done, just isn't it, man? Well done. You can't do it. That's not it. <laughs> You're losing all the flavor, bro. I like the thing, nice and crispy. So another question we have for you, um, food-wise, is this is a new thing that we're gonna start doing. Is how what what is the max number of chicken wings you are able to eat? Oh man. Okay. So whenever I was in high school, my buddies and I would always go to wing night at Quaker Steak and Lube. Yeah. Um, so they I don't think they do the wing night anymore, which is really sad, but um I want to say back then the most I did in one sitting was 46, I think give or give or take 2. Um, now, honestly, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> like it just, I can't, uh, I might be able to get 20 down now before I start feeling sick. So, um, times have changed. I was, I was definitely well conditioned back then because I was probably going on a weekly basis, but I definitely do not eat that much on a, on a consistent basis now. So my stomach cannot handle more than maybe 15, 20 at this point. Wow. That's pretty impressive. I think that's right up there with Shane Cole, who's somebody we had on our second episode ever of any podcast way back a couple of years ago. Um, and he's an offensive lineman, so I think you're doing pretty good. <laughs> well, I was gonna, I was gonna say even whenever I was, whenever I did that 46 or whatever it was, it was something around that. Um, I was a junior in high school. I probably weighed 160 pounds and I played soccer still. So I, I don't know yeah. how I was able to do that, but I don't know. I, yeah, I think my record's somewhere around 30, 36, 37. That's um, still impressive. Yeah. I don't know if I should be proud of 46. That's thinking back on it. That's kind of disgusting. <laughs> well, uh, I think we are proud for you because that is. Quite <laughs> I appreciate it. Actually, I, that same night, my I think it was me and four buddies. Um, we were trying to 
combined for as many wings as possible. And I want to say the four of us put down about 180. So I was about average, if not on the lighter end of what some of them were doing. I had one friend do somewhere in the 50s easily. Well, if you're still looking to do all you can eat wings, I know for sure that the one in the Quaker Steak and State College is still doing all you can eat wing night. So you'll have to come uh, out. Okay. That's a bit of a hike, but might be worth it. Just a little bit, you know. <laughs> all right. So that just about uh, wraps up the content of this episode. Um, I'll now give Tyler a chance to plug himself if you want to direct our listeners to any of your social media accounts or such. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't I don't have a have a ton of content going out right now other than maybe just basic personal stuff or maybe Waynesburg University sports related content since I'm the grad assistant there. But um, my Twitter handle is at Tyler underscore Godwin 21. Um, I'm also on Instagram. I think it's just Tyler Godwin 21. And for what it's worth, the relevance of the 21 is that was my uh, baseball number all throughout high school and college. So that's that's kind of why I have that. But um, those are my socials. I, I use Facebook, too. You can probably just search my name and I'll come up. But the ones I use the most are definitely Twitter and Instagram. Um, also, Waynesburg Sports, Waynesburg Athletics. That's that's all me and my boss, Bobby Fox. We run those accounts. So um, feel free to follow us for that. And then whenever high school football season comes around, you'll know whatever games I'm at because I'll be live live tweeting the event and uh, putting out my articles, uh, pretty much anything related to high school football that I'll be involved in. It'll be on my accounts. So that's where to find me. Uh, you can also find the Backyard Football Podcast. Um, you can find us on Twitter. Just search Backyard Football Podcast. Um, there, we will also be live updating uh, games that we cover, uh, scores, highlights, all that stuff. We are also in the works of producing more of those wonderful recap and highlight videos and hype videos that we uh, set out on our Facebook and Twitter pages last year. So make sure you check those out because they are pretty amazing. Um, you can also uh, check out our podcast on uh, pafootballnews.com. Uh, it's a great resource whether you are a high school football fan of South Fayette or West Green or State College or anything in between. They have all of your high school football interviews, rosters, all that stuff. Uh, you can find this podcast on CastBox, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, pretty much any source that has podcasts, we're going to be there. Um, and if you have any specific comments, questions, concerns, um, if you are a player or a coach or a reporter or somebody that wants to be interviewed on our show, we would love to have you. Um, you can send me an email, I'm boss75, that's N-I-C-K-H-A-U-S 75 at gmail.com. You can also email Nathan, Nathan at gmail.com as well. That is where you can find us. Um, I would like to extend a big thanks to Tyler for coming on the show. It was a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, no problem, guys. I really appreciate you guys having me. It was fun to talk a little high school football in a time where maybe I'm not necessarily thinking about the high school football season yet, but given all the uh, circumstance right now, not a lot going on. It's nice to kind of change gears and be able to reflect on something that hopefully we'll be talking about in a couple months here. So it's nice to be able to join you guys for a little bit. Absolutely. We're glad to have you. So this has been another wonderful episode of the Backyard Football Podcast with a legend himself. And we will see you next week. Next week.
You've been listening to the Backyard Football Podcast. With Nathan Grella, Nick Househalter, and Brock Owens. The Backyard Football Podcast is a member of the Western PA Football Podcast Network. For more information follow the podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast on CastBox and Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, and have a great day. still here? It's over. Go home. Go.